Welcome back. Welcome back. Another episode of the Bench Mob Podcast. Wow, man. It's been a minute since we've been in the studio. How you feeling? I'm f- I feeling good. I'm feeling good. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Another episode. We got a lot on the docket for y'all today. We're going to start off with the Lakers game. That recap. Lakers was able to pull out game one. Uh, typically, we've seen in the playoffs, they actually lose game one, but they uh, came out Winning 126-114, uh, pretty handedly won. What was your takeaways from this Lakers game? It's about time that they won a game one. That's a, that's a good sign because usually when they lose game one, they just kill the rest of the series. But they killed them this first game, and I don't think the Nuggets really have much to compete with over there. It was fun. It was fun. They had a, a nice storybook run, but this is where it ends. Is uh, Are we going to say Lakers in four? I'm gonna say Lakers in five. I don't think the Nuggets are gonna go out like some suckers, but they're they're not gonna make the finals. Nah, I didn't see them making the finals. I give them respect of saying Lakers in five. Um, I think this is where our length came in handy. Dwight Howard basically bullied the whole Nugget squad. He made it hard for Jokic. Got him frustrated. Technical foul, offensive foul, foul trouble the whole bit. AD did his thing. Thirty-seven and ten. LeBron cruising, was on straight cruise control, 15, 12, and 6. Playoff Rondo showed up again. He had a good game. Um, So I see it going in five. That's how I see that series going right there. But we're going to have to talk about it. Yes, we have to talk about it. We're going to talk about it. Clippers, loss. It was supposed to be the Battle of L.A. It wasn't supposed to be the Nuggets here. The Clippers lost. They choked. It's a lot of things we could say with uh, the Clippers losing. Who do we blame, though? I've seen a lot of people put it on Doc. People put it on PG. Who do we blame for this Clippers loss? You got to blame everybody because if you're up 3-1 with a team like this, you can't really put the blame on one person. So we spreading it around. Yeah. So Kawhi gets the blame. Paul George gets the blame a little bit. Doc. I mean, Montrez. It's a lot of guys on that team that didn't really show up when they needed them to because they were winning in game five and game six, like big, and then just to fall off like that, it leaves a bad taste in your mouth. If I'm a Clippers fan, I don't know if I'm showing my face until the season starts again. But Nah, y'all can't show y'all face till they get a championship because the regular season they did great, but you feel me? They didn't close it out. Um I wouldn't put that much of a blame on Doc. I, I think he is the least amount of blame. Like, the we seen the skit uh, where it was the, you know, funny Doc Rivers. Doc Rivers ain't got nothing to do with them not, you know, scoring, going, you know, Paul George and Kawhi, zero points in that fourth quarter. Trez only averaged, like, three rebounds this whole series. That can't happen. Um, so I can't. You could put the players in a position, they still got to perform. So I put the least amount of blame on Doc Rivers. Um, the bench, the shoulder of the blame has to go towards the bench. Trez and Lou Will averaged 45 during the regular season. This series, they only averaged 20. So that's a huge drop off. Um, before game seven, Paul George had a pretty good series. It was just game seven. So I put it mainly on the bench. You know, what's your thoughts on Paul George, though? We have to talk about it. Paul George came out afterwards and said it was not a championship or bust year. Um, is he on that California weed? What is going on with uh, his mindset? Well, he likes to make excuses. You know, when Dame gamed him last year, 
he was saying that was a bad shot, even though, I mean, you can't really hate on him. He hit a shot in your face and sent you home. So now he's saying that we weren't really, it's not championship or bust this year. Even though, I mean, if you bring two all-NBA players, you're expecting to win Best coaching staff, right away. basically, Doc Rivers, Sam Cassell, Ty Lue, everybody on the bench. The assistant coaches are all up for head coaching jobs. Mm -hmm. You come with this high payroll. You got the Morris twin. You got Pat Bev talking crazy, Lou Will. What was the goal then this year if it wasn't a championship? I guess it was to go to game seven with the Nuggets if that if that's the, <laughs> the goal. And Maybe it was it. to build team camaraderie and you know get to know each other better. But the team's going to look a lot different next year. You think so? I don't think Trez is going to be back. I don't know if uh, Marcus Morris is going to be back. So that's a that's a lot of the, the bench scoring right there. With Trez, though, like you mentioned, Trez is about to be a free agent. He had a terrible showing uh, this last series when you got a contract to try to come up. Um, do you think that affects his bag? Do you think? I don't think so. I think that people know how he plays and maybe in a better system where he's able to Touch the rock a little more, even though off the bench he was the guy. But I think that he'll he'll get his money's worth. I think he still is the big thing too. Uh, maybe go to a team where he could be hitting, and because he has a defensive liability, they you saw the Nuggets picked on him and Lou Will this whole series. Like, all right, we gonna make sure Jokic get the ball on Trez, and then whoever Lou Will, we setting the screen, switching Lou Will on it. So. I think it was a defensive liability that they exploited this year. Uh, There's already reports that Trez is going to be out. They said uh, one of the teams that's interested is the Raptors. And, you know, in this day and age, they pay attention to every single thing that you do. He already followed the Instagram account and everything. So <laughs> people are rumoring that he's going to be a Toronto rapper next year, which I think would be a good fit to help out that team on the bench, just another energy guy to give him uh, some – you know, depth on that side. But the other series that we have going on is the Eastern Conference Finals and the Miami Heat, which a lot of teams uh, did not did not foresee them making it this far. A lot of people did not pick them. Yeah, I know um, a few. I know a few who didn't pick them. I know a few who didn't pick them. I know uh, someone that did pick them. He's here in the room, of course. <laughs> you know, the uh, <laughs> Heat aficionado right here. Um, heat are up 2-0. Can the Celtics turn this around? I mean, the the two zero. We see the stats. The Heat go two zero. They win the series. So, can the Celtics turn this around? Make it actually a long series? It's gonna be tough. They they really have to win the next two games, honestly. Because if they split, then that's a big hole to come out of. Because now you have to win three in a row. And I don't know if this Celtics team. I mean, they're already fighting in the locker room. Series not over yet, and who knows what the chemistry is going to look like tonight. But hopefully, I wanted to see a good series, especially with Jason Tatum playing as well as he did this year. I think that um, we got to see. I don't know, because him and Jalen Brown, they're usually the guys that they go to, especially since Kemba in the last series was a little up and down. And... I don't know, Marcus Smart and Jalen Brown got into it, so I'm, I'm thinking that there's something with Jalen Brown that some of the guys have an issue with. Like I think that he tries to match whatever Tatum's doing out there on the court, even though, I mean, he's not the best player and he's not the go-to guy, so 
kind of just play your role on this team right now. Like people are going to recognize how good you are, even if you're not putting up like 25, 30 points a game, just play your role. I think he still needs to get some more touches. When you look at last series, he got more touches last series. But I think the thing that you feel me, a lot of people aren't looking at um, is the heat. They're playing the zone, which makes it hard to really be able to get the touches for Jalen Brown. Because then you play in the zone, they're playing that 2-3. Mm-hmm. They got Jalen Brown running the baseline. So your only job at that point, if you're running the baseline, is corner threes and you're going to get offensive rebounds, which he's been doing. Yeah. But he probably wants more touches. He's put work in his game. And, you know, last series averaging around 20, 22 points a game to then go into this series. And it's like, hey, you're just a decoy in a sense. I could get where his frustration is at. Um, I don't think Marcus Smart is really should be your second option. He's been playing well, but do we really believe in Marcus Smart consistently knocking down those threes, consistently giving you 20, 25 points a game? I think not. So I can see what the frustration is. I think, if anything, it's a good thing that they arguing, you feel me? Like, if I was just cool about it, um, then you might have a little bit pause for concern. But, I mean, you look at the series, the Celtics been up big in both games. I know. Technically, if you want to look at it, you know, I heard Draymond talking about it. When you're up 19, 20 points on a team, typically those teams win that game. So technically, they should be, Celtics should be up 2-0, but they haven't been able to close it out because the Heat just got some dogs. Like Jimmy Butler, my man is literally, you. the last two, three minutes, fourth quarter is Jimmy Butler time. You feel me? Like everybody say Dame time. Fourth quarter, I don't care. Jimmy Butler could literally have two points, one for 50. Clutch three, that second game. Clutch defensive plays. And you could just tell it rubs off on the whole team. They all got a grit about them. Um, I stand by it. Bam Bam should have got most improved player of the year. He's balling. And a lot of people that are mentioning Goran Dragic, he has been a huge X factor. Um the 20, 25 points a game, running the offense, and it just seems, I don't know, you you tell me. Everybody know he left-handed. You left-handed. Why do, they, why do they let him go left-handed? What do the Celtics have to do to even turn this series around? Do you think Gordon Hayward, who might be coming back, that'll give him a, you know help to get him? Like, what can the Celtics do to stop the Heat? They, they just can't close it out for some reason. I don't know. They got to – <laughs> that's a good question. I don't know because these first two games they've been leading basically going into the fourth quarter. And most of the time you would think that a good team like the Celtics who have been playing well, they could close that out. But I don't know. The Heat just – they're hungry this year, clearly. I mean, they took down Giannis and the, the Bucks, swept the Pacers, and now – if the series keeps going the way it is, this could be a sweep too. And then, what we're gonna have a Heat Lakers finals because I don't I don't consider the Nuggets a threat. So we'll see. I don't I don't know. I don't think Gordon Hayward coming back is gonna like make a huge difference. Mm-hmm. It could, but I don't I don't think so. Yeah, we'll see. I think it'll be able to help them a little bit off the bench, but it's just the Heat playing that zone and they playing it in the um peculiar way they put in what you typically would see your bigs your wing players at the top using jimmy butler's length using like Derek jones jr andre Godala, and then you put in Dragic, and you put in tyler hero and duncan robinson at the bottom which 
in a sense, is different and it makes sense. You feel me? You get that rebound, they already push out. Uh, Duncan Robinson has been huge with knocking down the threes. Tyler Hero looks like one of the top rookies as we expected. He's able to run the offense. He's averaging, you know, around six to seven assists, eight to nine rebounds. That's huge. So yeah. it's just it's something that you can't um you can't overlook. I just see I had the Celtics winning this series, but I don't know, man. With how it's looking, Miami might be able to pull this out in five. I didn't expect it to be already. I thought it was gonna be a back and forth series, you know, we talking about seven games, but up too well, that's tough. And I don't think they, they got it in them to be the nuggets and come back uh <laughs> From 3-1, I don't see it happening. And with how Jimmy Butler and that dog in him, I I can't see them letting that happen, man. Well, Tatum, he's going to have to turn into Kobe Bryant for these next few games because... 40 clips. Yeah, 40 clips. 40 clips. All the, every game is going to happen. Have to happen, you feel me? Transition into our Flag on the Play segment um, back in the studio. So if y'all don't know... This segment is the accept or decline. I'm going to run down some topics for Miles. He can accept it. We talk about it further. He decline. We just keep it pushing. First one. This one will hit at home for you. Uh, Jets acting owner says your coach, Gase, is a brilliant offensive mind. Accept or decline? Um, I'll accept it just because it just blows my mind that like the fans just know that he's not the guy and literally everybody in the league knows he's not the guy but then he comes out and puts confidence in somebody who's never won as a head coach saying that he's a brilliant offensive mind even though we finished last in the league I think in offense last year. Yes, I did. Before that, they the Dolphins they finished bottom half of the league. Yes, they did. So a brilliant offensive mind, I think it's a stretch. and You got to look at it, too. Uh, I believe then he coached Ryan Tannehill, and then Tannehill left, went to the Titans, and mm-hmm. he played well. Um, and that's what I feel like is happening right now with Sam is that he's getting dragged across the <laughs> New York streets because of Adam Gase. He doesn't know what he's doing. And I feel like once he leaves and we have a, a real coach in there, then we could really see how good this kid is. But right now, it's not looking good because they're already talking about if we get the number one pick, we're going to take the guy from Clemson. And although that does sound pretty good because that kid is nice, I'd hate for it to be that way because of failed coaching for for Sam because he's still so young. He's only like 23. So to give up on a kid like that, I think we'd have to put all the blame on Adam Gase because he's been here for two years. We haven't seen as much progress as we we should, but yeah, looking at it too, um, in the post game, the turnover that uh, Darnell had, he basically threw him under the bus and then take responsibility. So I'm not a Jets fan, but on the outside looking in, I don't think Gase is a brilliant offensive mind. I don't think he's setting y'all up for success. So we'll see what happens with y'all Jets. Next one, Bronny James goes viral. Accept or decline? I'm going to decline it just just in case LeBron ever get on this podcast or he ever sees this. Uh, we're not talking bad about Bronny. <laughs> All right, next one. Speaking of uh, one of his former teammates, somebody in his same age bracket, Mikey Williams, and he says he will not be going to his prom. 
accept or decline. Who's not going to their prom? Mikey Williams. I'm declining that. <laughs> I ain't been to prom in a decade, so I don't, I don't need to talk about some high school kids. Um, but shout out to him. I like his mindset. Uh, he just decided he don't want to go to prom. He'd rather be in the gym. So shout out to him. Um, next one, New Jersey Diner. Um, a waitress got tipped a car. Accept or decline? I'll accept it. That sounds so in extreme. New, in New Jersey, it was a diner um, where one of the people that was regulars there decided to tip their favorite server a 2006 Nissan Altima as a tip for their meal on Sunday at Empire Diner in Brooklawn. Hmm. They must be loaded because I don't I don't know if I could tip somebody a whole car and not expect anything back. <laughs> yeah, they said so they were expected to order, you know, the raspberry iced tea that they normally get. So instead of them saying they wanted the tea, they had a copy of the keys and the title and they said this is for you. So people that are regulars decided to tip their favorite waitress a car. Um I hope to be able to get to that point to tip like that. I know somebody that tips heavy, uh, Chad Ochocinco. He'll get something that's ten dollars and leave a two hundred dollar tip. So, I I look forward to getting to that level at one point. I don't know about a car. No. Uh, maybe just cash and you do whatever you want with yeah. the the money. <laughs> uh, but shout out to them for doing that. That's dope. Uh, last one that we'll talk on for the flag on the play segment, Cardi. And Offset are no longer an item, accept or decline. By the way, this show, we definitely support black love. We support marriage. We support relationships, all that. But uh, accept or decline. I'll accept it just because it's not a, a shock that this happened. I mean, it didn't really seem like it was going to work out in the long run anyways, just because, I mean, he did cheat. But do black men cheat? I think Lil Duval came out and said, black men don't cheat. It, maybe it's not true. I mean, I don't cheat. I'm a black man. I don't cheat. Uh, I don't know about these other black men out here, like, offset, but. They making it look bad for us, man. I know. Because that, that should be stamped, that black men don't cheat. But it, then stuff like be. this happens, yeah. and then we got to, you know, we got to double back and be like, yo. All right, some of us cheat. Yeah, that wasn't me. That wasn't not, me, but that's not anybody in my circle. See, down south, they don't know better. <laughs> they they just cheat. That's that's their you, thing. You they, see, they Florida, everybody out during COVID, and mm-hmm. they down south, they just they different down there. Maybe with lemon pepper Lou and just lemon pepper in the Lou. strip club yeah, cheating. Magic City, the wings, the wings. So, um, I hope things work out in regards to them parenting. Um. It's just tough, you know, during a time where Cardi is celebrating, you know, WAP being one of the top songs in the country again. What is this now? I mean, two or three weeks straight. So it's tough in that regards. Um, obviously, you know, I think the big thing you take away from it, people make their own decisions because um, the WAP obviously did not prevent this happening. Mm-hmm. So ladies, fellas, you know, the WAP and... The good all of that does not keep the person. But 
we'll transition back to sports. Uh, that was our flag on the play segment right there. Uh, looking ahead, week two in the NFL, what are some games that you are looking forward to um, this week? So that Falcons-Cowboys game looks like it's going to be a good one. But I just think that this could be a scenario where Cowboys start the season 0-2 because the Falcons, they got a good offense. Defense isn't that good, but I believe in them outscoring the Cowboys more than I think that the Cowboys are going to score more than the Falcons. Just off of I don't really believe in Dak as much now. You can Especially say it. after last you week, can say it. It, it was a little, it was a little disheartening seeing them lose that game. Especially all the chances the Rams gave them, but I think they're not going to win this one. I think it's going to be a high-scoring game. I don't. I'm a Cowboys fan. I don't believe in Dak myself, um, so I don't see this panning out for us. But I think it'll be a high-scoring game. I think um, if you have any of these players between Dallas and Falcons on your fantasy team, definitely start them this week because mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> I don't see much defense happening in this game. If you have their defenses, don't don't start them. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a high scoring, a lot of yards, a lot of uh, big plays happening this week on that game. Um, what's your thoughts on this Jets 49ers game? Do you guys even have a chance in this game? I know Richard Sherman is out. Maybe Sam Darnold could get. We, we got a chance just because – there's some guys out for the 49ers, like George Kittle's not going to play, Debo's not going to play. But it all comes down to the play calling, and I just don't trust it right now, especially with that Adam Gase guy still <laughs> running the show. It's not it's not a pretty sight. I'll watch the game on Sunday, but if it's like last week, I'm, I might have to turn it off early. Yeah. Turn it off I'll early. go for a run, <laughs> blow off some steam real quick. Speaking of real quick, blowing off uh, some steam and doing better, Cleveland was able to pull out that game, 35-30. What were your takeaways from that game? Uh, are we back on the Baker Mayfield bagging? Uh, Joe Burrow, what's your takeaways? I just think that the Bengals were the worst team in football last year, and if you didn't win, then that would have been it would have been rough for the for the Browns fans, but. I mean, Baker didn't play terribly. They didn't let him throw it too much, which if I'm the Browns, I, I think that should continue. I'm not going to let him lose the game for us. Like, they got two really good running backs. Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. Give them the rock. Give them, give them the rock because, I mean, Baker Mayfield, he's average. Like Ryan Clark said, he's he's really average. But uh, Joe Burrow looked good. But they're not going to win that many games this year. They might be – in competition with the the Jets for that number one, number one pick. <laughs> with uh, mentioning uh, Baker Mayfield and him not being able to actually get that many throw attempts, how do you see this panning out with Odell and Jarvis Landry, two top notch wide receivers who are typical typically are used to getting you know ten to twelve targets a game? Do you see Odell or Jarvis Landry wanting to get traded? Do you see them staying? Like, how do you think this is going to pan out with Baker Mayfield not being able to produce? I think that Odell, deep down, he wants to scream, but he's holding it in because he knows that people are going to jump down his throat every time that he does something. And, yeah, this is not the best team for him. I think he's realized that now, and 
he's trying to be a, a good Samaritan and say all the right things. But I know behind closed doors, he's probably like, how can I get out of this place as fast as possible? Because one is Cleveland. And like Joakim Noah said, who the hell wants to go to Cleveland? <laughs> he, not- ju- he just got a, a house out there and everything. We just saw the interview that came out. He also, speaking of, you didn't want to talk about it the other week, but he came out and let everybody know that the whole Odell and uh, Poopgate uh, was not actually factual. He found it hilarious. But he's in a, he has a home in Cleveland. Maybe he's comfortable there. Maybe they just get rid of Baker Mayfield. I don't know if I would wait that long if I was him. It's not like you have long careers in the NFL too. Like these are he's I don't want to say he's wasted two years of his career here, but in a sense I think it's safe to say that. He has, because if you look at it, before he was putting up like crazy numbers, people were saying that he if he keeps going this way, he's gonna have like the best career of ever every receiver. He needs somebody to throw him the ball. Like that's Eli Manning was not a top 10 quarterback, in my opinion. He wasn't the greatest of all time. He had some Super Bowls under his belt, but nobody said that with Eli Manning, but Eli Manning was able to get him to rock. Eli Manning knew to get him touches. I don't see that happening in Cleveland. Baker Mayfield, I don't think, I don't believe in him. I don't think he's a a quarterback of that magnitude. And also, when you look at it, like you said, they got Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. When you got two dogs like that, running backs that both have basically finished top five Dagner every year in rushing yards. You got to give them a rock. You got to give them attempts. You obviously brought Kareem Hunt in for a reason. So I think they turn into like a, a pounding ground type of team where it's going to be 30, 40 attempts going towards your running backs and maybe you thinking like 15, 20 attempts passing just to keep it less turnovers as possible because Baker Mayfield is prone to get turnovers. So – I see that how that's going, and I don't think it's going to work out for Odell's career in the long run. This is basically a couple years where he barely going to get. He's only had two 100 yard games since being a Cleveland Brown, so I don't think Baker Mayfield's the answer for them. Speaking of quarterbacks and maybe <laughs> making some changes, I think it's too early to do so. But Panthers Bucks this week does Tom Brady bounce back? Um. How you seeing this one go? And shout out to Cam Newton. Cam Newton wins, and then the Panthers lose, and the Bucks lose. Panthers, Buccaneers. How you see this one panning out? I mean, the, the Buccaneers better win this game. All that stuff that was talked about in the off season, all these Super Bowl aspirations. I mean, they lost to the Saints, a division rival. That's not good. And if they lose again to another division rival, then safe to say that it's time to panic over in Tampa, but I don't know. I don't think they're going to lose. Panthers aren't really that good of a team. They're not really trying to win right now, but this could be one of those trap games that like they overlook a team and get beat because they didn't play that bad last week. I think they lost to the Raiders, but they could have won that game, and they probably should have won that game. But I think it'll be a heavy dose of McCaffrey as usual, heavy dose of him. Um, do you think they're going to cover the spread? Spread is Tampa Bay, negative eight and a half. 
I think you're picking them to win, but do they cover that spread? I think I might have to take the Panthers with the spread. I think it's going to be closer than people think. I don't, I don't really see Tampa Bay stretching it. I mean, the run game is so-so. Uh, Chris Godwin's not playing. Michael Evans, he's got a hamstring, but he's going to play. I mean, there's a lot of factors for Tampa Bay that make that spread kind of shaky, and I, I wouldn't have confidence taking it. Ravens-Texans, uh, you got two of the top quarterbacks going against each other, Lamar Jackson, Deshaun Watson. Um, how do you see this one panning out? Are the Texans able to you know, tie up their record, be 1-1, one one, or is it another – Big game coming out of Lamar Jackson. I don't think this one's going to be close either. Like that game last week, Chiefs-Texans really wasn't a close game. They got all those points in yeah, garbage at the end time. Yeah, the game, yep. So I think it could be a long year for them, especially they got rid of D-Hop. That was probably the biggest mistake, and I think Bill O'Brien should be fired for that, but he hasn't. Somehow he, he might have blackmail on everybody in the organization because he's – He's made some questionable moves, and nobody's called him on it. I heard an interesting perspective on O'Brien. I'm going to run this by you, see if you agree. They said Bill O'Brien actually should be given some credit. Doing that trade was able to let Deshaun Watson get paid, and somehow, obviously, he was able to say something to get Deshaun Watson to extend, and then D-Hop was able to get his money. What do you think on that interesting take that it actually was kind of beneficial to both parties? I mean, if you really want to save money, ask like J.J. Watt to take a cut. Don't trade your best offensive player for a guy who hasn't been that good since 2014, 15 maybe. I don't know. I just I can't give him any credit for that because, I mean, most GMs, in that same position probably wouldn't do that. They'd, they'd just pay the guy who, I mean, usually when you 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 play well, you earn more money, and yeah. the team should treat it that way, not not get I, rid of you. I agree. I don't think that was his mindset. I just found it as an interesting perspective. I think that's like one of those things where you do something and it works out and be like, yeah, that's why I did it. Nah, bro, that's not why you did it. I don't think so. Um Patriots, Seahawks, both 1-0. How do you see this one panning out? Seattle has negative four on the spread. Um, who you got winning this game? Is Seattle covering the spread? Patriots covering the spread? How do you see this one panning out? I think the Seahawks cover the spread easy just because I think at this stage, Russell Wilson's a lot better quarterback than Cam. and I don't think that's debatable. And first game, they let him throw it a lot. Which this game this this team's built on running, so it looks like they might be moving towards letting Russell do him. And if that's the case, then he could be MVP this year, honestly, because it's crazy he's never been up there for MVP. No MVP votes in no. his whole career. That's what's crazy. And if you look at his year by year stats and what he does for his team. I, it doesn't make sense that he's never been even up there for the running. Definitely overlooked. Um, I think this is going to be a, a blowout game. Seattle's going to blow out the Patriots. Um, I still don't think, and I'm going to say this till they get him help, 
I don't think the Patriots have put enough weapons around Cam Newton uh, for him to be successful in that in that regard. Him running the ball 15 plus attempts is not going to work every game. Um, he's going to probably he might end up getting injured. You're going to see fumbles. I don't see that really panning out for them. That type of offense, they need to add weapons around him. But they did only sign him for a one year contract, so it's probably just a rental. See how everything go out. And then they get whoever they really want next year. It was more so a rental. They was they signed him last minute. So I don't think the Patriots are invested in Cam Newton. So in the same sense, since we're not invested, we ain't give you a, a multi-year contract. Go ahead. Go run 20 times. Do whatever you want to do. So then if the Patriots decide to sign him back or another team, you know how they do in the NFL. You know yeah. how they do in the business. Hey, you took a lot of hits last year. I don't know if we could pay you. So I think it's really just panning out for them. Um, New Orleans and the Raiders. How do you see this one panning out? Drew Brees getting off again. It could be a, a rough day. Like Michael Thomas might not play. And without him, that passing game is a lot less dangerous. I mean, they still have Kamara. They still have Emmanuel Sanders and... That might just be it on Sunday this week. But this could be one of those games that the underdog actually comes out on top. I could see the Raiders coming out and maybe beating them because they do have a good running back. They got some receivers. Speaking of that that running back, the Saints right now has 40, 44 straight games, including the playoffs, without allowing a 100-yard rusher. Does Josh Jacobs break that shriek that the Saints have? He could. I mean, he didn't rush for 100 yards in the first game, but, I mean, there's some running backs that you can't really doubt. And, I mean, he showed it that he's one of the top running backs in this league. I mean, he had like three touchdowns rushing last week. So, I mean, it might not matter if he gets 100 or not. He might still get like two touchdowns. So, I mean, if. You're talking about fantasy. That's that's what you want. You want a guy who's gonna do that. But I don't, I don't know. He he could get a hundred yards, but it depends on how the game's going. If they're down a lot, then they're gonna have to pass it, and he might not get that. Speaking of, before we uh, close out and go to the fantasy picks, uh, I know last last week we have it on wax we have it on record you chose Aaron Rodgers as your MVP for this year do you see Aaron Rodgers going off again uh facing the Lions he could it depends like the Lions they're missing a couple guys so it might it might hurt them during the game so they might not even need to have Aaron do what he did last week but I mean, if it's a shootout, then my money's on Aaron Rodgers always because he's always been just a, a gunslinger. And, I mean, he did it last week. He could do it this week even if they're winning or not. But I think that the way he's playing, if he keeps playing the way he did last week, then, yeah, just keep the ball rolling. Don't even worry about running it. Just let it fly. You think Devontae Adams will have a – 14 catch no he's not gonna do all of that that was that was a fun game for him i if i'm a, a receiver that's what i want i want you to keep throwing me the ball but i just think that that might not happen again mm -hmm. like that's 
that's Michael Thomas numbers right there. Just being fed the ball. But, hey, but he don't have no weapons, so yeah, that have... might it might be that type of year for him where he gets those Michael Thomas numbers, or even when you look at uh, back in the day, Wes Welker on uh, the Patriots getting all those catches. So I think it might it might be that type of year for him. They have a you know rapport rebuilt, mm-hmm. so it really might be that type of year where it's just let's go. It's gonna be a nice heavy plate full we're just giving it to Devontae Adams all the targets the closest person in target wise was six targets after uh Devontae Adams who had 15 targets so I think it's going to be heavy on like that till you know Aaron Rodgers could really trust those other wide receivers especially being that it wasn't no off season with the you know the training camps and the preseason the build a rapport hey I'm gonna go to what I trust what I know and if y'all can stop it, y'all can stop it. But I don't see nobody stopping it, at least this week with the Lions. Um, fantasy talk. What's your – who are you starting this week in fantasy? I mean, I did start Joe Burrow this week. That was a good start. He he put up a lot of points. Um, it's tough because on some of my teams I have James Conner. And bench, yeah. bench. But you can't. If he's healthy and he's – I mean, somewhat healthy and – He's out there. You got to play him. But I, I do like Russell Gage. He's a sleeper for the Falcons. He's the, the slot receiver. He had like 12 targets last week. So especially in that Cowboys game, I think that there's going to be a lot of guys who put up numbers. Um, I do like some of the receivers for Green Bay, too. Like Valdez Scantling, I, I mm-hmm. like him, too. He had a good game last week, and... If Aaron's throwing the ball like he did, then, I mean, Valdez is kind of like the, the deep deep threat for them. So he could have a, a big game depending on who's covering him for the Lions. And then Mitch Trubisky, he might he might be relevant this week. You it's, think he's going to be able to have a performance that he had last week? He could, especially against that Giants team that's not really that good defensively and – Probably offensively, too, because, I mean, Saquon had, like, negative rushing yards for, like, three quarters and then finally broke out. But I'm I'm picking Trubisky. I, I need Barkley to show up this week. Um, it wasn't his fault. I'm going against Barkley. I hope he does the same thing, does nothing. <laughs> I got him starting in one of my leagues. I need him to show up this week. Uh, you might want to bench him. <laughs> you know, uh on my team on that one, I got LaShawn McCoy on the bench, so I'll take my chances with that. I don't think he's going to get too busy. Um, who are you starting defensive-wise? I know for me, I think for this whole season, whoever uh, is playing the Jets, I'm going to start their defense. So this week, I got the 49ers defense starting in all my leagues. I definitely – I like the Bills against Miami. I think that Fitzpatrick, he's – He's a gunslinger, and he's going to throw the ball to his teammates and the other team. So if if he's doing that, you got a good chance of putting up points as a defense. And then I like Pittsburgh. I like Pittsburgh this week against Denver just because they're missing some guys. A couple guys are hurt right now. That Steelers defense against the Giants looked like the best defense in the league. They didn't let Saquon do anything. Rushing the passer, making turnovers—it's you got to get one of those top defenses if you're you're playing fantasy, and they're definitely one of those top two. 
And shout out to the Redskins, too. They got a good defense. The Washington football team. <laughs> That's right. I forgot they changed their name. The, the Washington football team. Shout out to, to them. They they got a good defense. They got Chase Young. They they killed the, the Eagles last week after they got off to a good start. But I think they could be one of those defenses that nobody drafts that they could pick up and pretty much start them the whole year. Um. That's our fantasy talk right there. Um, we're going to close out this show. It's another episode of the Benchmark Podcast. Before we get out of here, Celtics Heat tonight. Who are you picking? I need, I need a pick. I don't need a uh, maybe and possibly they got a chance. I need a pick. Who you – because you, you the goat of that. Oh, you think this – you know, you think they're going to win? Uh, they could. They, they maybe, you know, if they do this, that, and the third – if they, you know, shoot 100%, I need a pick. Miami, Boston tonight. All right. I'm going I'm to cut out all the small talk and just – I'm going to just say the heat. I'm gonna t- I'm taking the heat. Woo! If the heat, if the heat went tonight, the series is over. Um, it low-key might be over already, but if the heat go up 3-0, uh, yo, they need to do different awards. Then. They need to, you know, change all the awards. Pat Riley got to get executive of the year. Eric Spolcher got to get close of the year. Bam got to get most improved. You got to put Jimmy Butler on that first all-NBA team because, again, it don't always show up on the stat sheet, but Jimmy Butler brings so much to the table. The fact that they're in this position, um, I want to go on my heart, but I'm just looking at the game. I think Miami wins tonight too, man. It, it hurt my heart. I was going to look forward to a Lakers-Celtics finals, but I don't think it's happening. No. Um, that's it for us today, man. Uh, Bench Mob, y'all know the vibes. Check us out on all streaming platforms. Make sure you subscribe, share it. Check us out on our Anchor. Hit us up if you want a Bench Mob shirt. Um, they still on for sale right now. But you know the vibes, you feel me? If you're on the bench right now at any point in your life, make sure you stay ready so when you get off the bench, you don't got to get ready. You feel me? Bench mob, we out. Peace.